Uh, the provisional budgeted tax increase for Kamloops in 2021, as it stands right now, is 0.27% or $318,000. And of course, that is prior to the consideration of supplemental requests. City Council now has that list of supplemental budget items in front of them, and it totals about $2.1 million in 2021. Now, before anyone gets too excited, it's important to remember these are supplemental. Not all of them are likely to be approved in the upcoming fiscal year, and there is a process, of course, that it all has to go through. So with that all said, please to welcome to the show now director of finance for the city of Kamloops, Kathy Humphrey. Kathy, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. So I think the first question I wanted to ask in relation to these supplemental items is is almost looking at them as two sets. That's how I'm sort of viewing these supplemental items is there's some that are new here for 2021, but a lot that are kind of carrying over from 2020. Um, I guess just how much of these are a result of things not going ahead as planned last year due to the fact that, you know, we had to put some items off because of the pandemic. Yeah, so the list, uh, you're right, there is two lists, and we've done the same thing, sort of broken them up into two separate groups. Um, the list, that's the 2020 list, are actually all items that were all deferred from last year because of the pandemic and the cost savings and the economic uncertainty that we put through. They're all items that council debated last year and actually approved and um, put them on hold to be brought back this year um, as part of the 2021 discussion. And then, like you said, there's um, six items that are new for 2021 that council uh, was just introduced to this week. Is this sort of a, a longer list than maybe you would normally be presenting to council? Yeah, definitely. I mean, our normal list uh, in a normal year would be just our 2021 list, which would be, uh, you know, this year's only six items. Um, you know, last year, I think we had 11 in total, whereas, you know, this year we've got the two combined lists making it um, quite long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to kind of go through some of these items, and I know you and I had this pretty similar conversation about a year ago when this list was first presented, speaking, of course, to the 2020 items. Uh, one of the ones that I think uh, kind of was intriguing to me was the idea of a uh, arborist. I know this is something that uh, the uh, mayor has been kind of clamoring for, thinking it would save the city quite a bit of money. Uh, now, the item itself looks at an arborist and a natural resources tech at $169,000. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of appetite for council to approve this. Do you think this would have a lot of savings in the long run? I know that's something that the mayor has often touted when looking at hiring an arborist here. Yeah, I mean, I think in the, you know, in the short term, obviously, we have the um, wages attached to having a person in-house, but long term, there's a lot of benefits of having an in-house arborist or another one, and as well as um, the Nature Park Tech is, um, you know, somebody who helps look after our, our, not just our groomed parks, but sort of the things like Peterson Creek and Kenna and that sort of thing. And so not only from a not having to hire people when there's a problem with our trees, but also from a risk and a um, safety perspective, you know, having an expert out there making sure that our parks and our trees and our natural canopy and stuff is safe for the public um, to enjoy is really important. So that's why uh, we're looking at bringing these positions in-house. Yeah, and also with the uh, RCMP municipal employees, uh, a crime analyst, I think that was something that uh, the RCMP was really hoping to get online last year. And, and, you know, of course, the pandemic, unforeseen circumstances sort of changed that. Uh, you know, have has police talked to you at all about sort of their, their real need for this crime analyst position as well as uh, just the need to make sure their, their member-to-support-staff ratio is up to stuff? 
Yeah, the crime analyst is, um, in talking to the RCMP and Director McCorkle, um, it's a really critical role within the RCMP. I mean, as people know, the, the RCMP publishes those lists of where crimes are happening, and um, there's a lot of sort of um, science and, and stuff that goes in behind the scenes when the RCMP are looking at where crimes are happening and, and how they're happening, and that's where the crime analyst can help and not um, use up the time of an actual RCMP officer to do a lot of that work. It can happen behind the scenes and then provide them with important information to help make our community safer. Yeah, and I, I know I've spoken with uh, uh, Superintendent Sedlecki about that as well, and, he, you know, it's something that he was excited to bring on board last year, so I'm sure he's hoping it gets approved again in this year's uh, city budget. Um, one thing that I think is uh, kind of interesting to look at is the pedestrian crossings. We're talking about half a million dollars here in 2021, and a lot of it, uh, of course, this is a, a 10-year period that we're looking at when it comes to improving uh, pedestrian crossings to make sure that they adhere to the 2018 updated guidelines. Is this something that the city could even afford to defer another year and kind of see that program uh, delayed even further? Yeah, I mean, the city, um, you know, all municipalities have the challenge of keeping up with changing regulations, whether that's, you know, traffic and pedestrian crossings or whether it's building codes and standards, uh, environmental, um, you know, there's, there, we just have, we have to make sure that whatever we build that's new meets the standards. And so with pedestrian crossings, the, um, you know, the, the standards have changed, which is fantastic so that all the new crossings that we make will meet the new standards with lighting and um, safety considerations. And so, yeah, I mean, this is really one where um, it's almost an asset management type um, discussion where these are old pedestrian crossings that are there that are in need of upgrades, again, to make them safer and um, uh, better for the people that are out there walking around. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of these um, things have become more important almost with COVID as we've seen lots of people in the community spending more time in our community. So not they're in the, they're in the parks, they're at their houses, they're walking around the streets and stuff. So, you know, I think it highlights the fact that um, these improvements to maintain and improve our community um, are really what people are looking for. Yeah, and I think those are, are some of the, the major ones that I wanted to touch on, looking kind of back at the 2020 list. Looking ahead to this year, one question I did have for you was just in relation to this professional archaeologist position. It seems like something that would, would make sense for the city, but there's no dollar figure attached to it, at least that I have seen. Um, just wondering if there is sort of a, a cost analysis even attached to this right now. Yeah, there is, um, and, there, and, it, and I talked a little bit about this with council, but the reason that there's no money attached to it is not because we don't anticipate a savings. It's just that the archaeologist's work tends to fall um, within capital projects. And so if you think of, um, you know, sort of some major uh, work that was done at Riverside Park or the West Victoria Project and that sort of thing. So those are where the archaeologist would work on and those types of projects tend to have a whole variety of funding sources so they could be funded from grants they could be funded from taxation they could be funded from um, you know gaming all, all sorts of things and so we we had a difficult time trying to determine what the taxation cost savings would be for an archaeologist when the projects that they're working on tend to have a whole variety of um uh, of funding sources, but we sort of expect in the, you know, sort of the, you know, the tens of thousands of dollars of savings for sure, um, you know, as we bring this person in-house because archaeology is, you know, really important to do on these capital projects and having somebody in-house will make sure that it's done appropriately and um, to the extent that it's required for each project. Yeah, you probably don't have an answer to this, but uh, would that even potentially speed up the process if we have an archaeologist in-house? I, I mean, it could, because I think some of the times, particularly in the summer, you know, the archaeologist is a specialized um, 
profession. And so I can imagine that if you come across something unexpected on a project and need to sort of call in an archaeologist, you may have to work at the, the time frame of a consultant mm-hmm. like we do for all the other professions that we, we need. You can't always have them right on hand, right? So. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was thinking. So something that I think makes sense. We'll see what council has to say about that moving forward. Now, uh, electric bikes, this was something I found interesting. $20,000 one-time fee uh, to bring electric bikes on for bylaw patrol. That just sounds like a lot of money. So, I mean, how many bikes are we talking about buying here? Um, I believe they're looking at four uh, bikes in that electric bike. And so, I mean, they are, um, you know, they would be well used. So we need to buy, um, you know, some fairly decent bikes for them to use. And and this meets with, um, you know, a couple of the objectives of council in terms of um, trying to be more sustainable, having, um, you know, the electric bikes instead of the bylaw people riding around in a a vehicle, as well as it also provides them the opportunity to be um, able to get around the, sort of the, mm-hmm. the areas of downtown and the North Shore and wherever they need to be um, a little bit quicker and into areas where maybe you can't get with a vehicle. Yeah, no, I think the, the initiative makes sense. It's just that, uh, you know, I was looking at the cost of e-bikes and $20,000 just sounded like a, a large expense yeah. for what we were talking about. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more question here, and then I will let you go, Kathy. But just the, the step code incentive program, I see $120,000 potentially being allocated to replenish the step code incentive program to make sure people are, are getting on board, uh, builders, you know, making sure their, their homes are meeting emission standards and things along these lines. Uh, I guess, what is the status of that fund? I imagine it's getting used up pretty good if there's a need to put uh, 120k back into it. Yeah, the step code incentive program that we had for last year, I think, in talking to uh, Director Kwiatkowski, was completely used up. It was, um, you know, the the builders and, and the um, developers in town took advantage of that um, step code, and I think as a result are um, learning and starting to build buildings at um, the step code in advance of when it becomes mandatory next year. So that's why they um, are offering up to um, consider um, replenishing it for this year. Okay. Well, that's what I was hoping to hear that it got used. That means people are taking up the program and that... Uh, Uh, you know, means it's being effective. So that's all I wanted to know. And I think that's about it. We could go over all the items, but I'm not going to do that to you. I think we got a pretty good rundown here. I guess just before I do let you go, what is next in the process here for council when kind of going through these items one by one? Yeah, so um, there's kind of two parts. One is that all of these items um, are up on our Let's Talk page. So if anybody wants to, um, you know, ask a question or put up their opinion or vote on an item, um, you know, we would appreciate the feedback. We're not doing a public budget meeting this year because of COVID. So we will be taking all the feedback that comes in off the Let's Talk page and bringing it to council at the next committee of the whole meeting, which is on February the 9th. And at that point, we'll be asking council to yes or no Uh, each one of these items um, so that we can prepare the final budget uh, later this spring. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for the time today, Kathy. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for coming back on. First time we've chatted in the new year. So thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Jeff. All right, there you go. There's Kathy Humphrey, Finance Director for the City of Kamloops.